That's right, folks. Fantasy playoffs are upon us. In today's show, we're going to be using our slot versus wide analysis to talk about the best playoff schedules and the worst for players in the slot and out wide. Before we do, we want to make sure you follow us across the board at Razball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. Make sure you're jumping over to Razball.com as well. We have great content from great writers, including one of the guys who are going to be jumping on the show today. So make sure you go to Razball.com. For all the greatest analysis and tools, by the way, like the slot first wide, the adjusted line yards matchup metric, everything you need to start your lineups every single week. And finally, make sure you subscribe to the Razball Fantasy YouTube channel. Why? Because every Sunday we jump on live for two hours. Every single Sunday, do start sits, starts of the week, streamers, weather updates, injury updates, everything you need to know before you set your lineups every Sunday live for two hours for the rest of the season on the Razball Fantasy YouTube channel. But today, let's talk about fantasy playoff schedules, slot versus wide, starting right now on the Razball Fantasy YouTube channel. All right, folks, if you're a regular for the Sunday live show, you'll know the man on your screen. It's Derek Favorite. You can follow him at Derek underscore Favorite on Twitter. What's going on, Derek? How you doing, Bobby? Great to be I'm here ready today. To go. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to talk some slot versus wide play. So if you go to the website, you get the current week, you get rest of season. But today's show, we have pulled out the data to talk some playoff schedules. Um, when you were doing your – before we even get into the players, was there anything that you kind of – when you were researching some of the, the names, the players, anything that really stood out to you for the slot versus wide playoff schedules? Yeah, you know, it, I did. And, you know, in fact, I used, you know, all the tools that you're talking about on the Rasball site because those are fantastic tools. But, you know, you look across that and you can really find some gold mines out there, potential gold mines, you know, players that you, you're not, you're not thinking about, you know, we're all thinking about their superstars and who plays every week. But, uh, you know, there's some opportunities out there that, you know, even week 13, you can still get some of these guys on your waiver wire and they might help you in the playoffs. You know, we, oh, yeah. we, we, we love to draft. We grind all the way, you know, through the season. But, you know, now it's getting to be crunch time, and you got to plan for it. Absolutely. And today we're going to be breaking it down by section. So today we're going to be talking about the top five out wide matchups. So the players who primarily play on the outside that have the best playoff matchups and also the top five toughest matchups, including for the slot and out wide. So to the first topic we're going to talk about today is the big one. It's the top. We're going to start off hot. Top five out wide playoff matchups. There's some really good names on this list first off we're starting from one to five the greatest matchups for the playoffs first off is the indianapolis colts have the best out wide schedule amongst all wide receivers that's for michael pittman and alex pierce number two the packers with alan lazard watson and dobbs potentially coming back we'll see how that wide receiver core shakes out with all four of those guys finally healthy really for the first time all year. You have the Steelers with Deontay Johnson, kind of underwhelming all season long, but does get the volume. Could he actually be a solid player down the stretch with that? Also, George Pickens, the rising star, has the third best uh, playoff matchups out wide. Then the Ravens. Obviously, if you had Rashad Baby, it would have been super nice for the playoff time, but unfortunately, he's out. You have Duvernay kind of falling back a little bit, and Demarcus Robinson stepping up a little bit. Could they be sleepers? And then finally, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for that breakout. It looks like they're starting to build a little momentum coming off a bad loss, though. You have Evans and Julio Jones. So of these top five playoff out-wide matchups, who do you want to talk about in today's show? Yeah, I'm going to start right up at the top with uh, Michael Pittman and the Colts. 
you know, when you look at the uh, Colts schedule during the fantasy playoffs, you know, they match up with some teams that are averaging 25 points per game to whiteouts. And for those who don't know, the NFL average is about nine, you know, just, just under 20. So they're about five points per game greater than the NFL average. And that speaks well for Michael Pittman, right? Well, I don't know. I hope so. You know, the, the question mark to me is who, you know, who's going to be throwing the rock uh, for the Colts that uh, under uh, Matt Ryan, uh, Michael Pittman's getting almost 10 targets per game. Whereas those couple of games when Ryan was on the bench, he's only getting about seven and a half targets per game. So there's a distinct upside to Pittman when Ryan is under quarterback. Now, is he going to be there? That's, that's the question in my mind. Uh, the Colts have uh, Dallas this week. Dallas is one of the toughest teams against uh, quarterbacks. And then they've got their bye week. So we're going to be going into the fantasy playoffs. So maybe a little uncertain what we're going to get from the Colts. You know, most players, when they uh, drafted uh, Michael Pittman, and, and I'm one of them, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, he's good. He's, I drafted him to be a stud this year to, to take me to the fantasy playoffs and to shine. He hasn't been great. He's been okay. He's been great. Uh, but uh, under Jeff Saturday, when, since Jeff Saturday's been in, he's averaging about 15 points per game, which is very encouraging as we get to the, uh, the playoffs. Again, we talked about the favorable schedule. Uh, so I'm crossing my fingers. Uh, Matt Ryan's still under, under center. Uh, when we get there, uh, the line's giving him a little bit of protection. You know, he's not going to be just a statue back there. He can actually have some time to find Pittman, and then I'm rolling with Pittman. So I think he has an opportunity – to salvage our fantasy season, just stick with him and, and let's hope for the best, but they've got a great schedule. It's all aligned. Uh, we're really, uh, we really have a good opportunity to, uh, to take advantage of, of holding on to Pittman all, all these weeks since we drafted him and then pay off in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm actually going to go with, you know, obviously the Packers situation a little confusing. I think we kind of know a little bit about the Steelers are highly owned. I'm going to actually to take a more of a streamer appeal here and look at like a guy like Julio Jones. So you have the Bucs at the top five. You have Tom Brady. The other thing about the Bucs that's really key is that they are getting healthier slowly. Their offensive line has been a little banged up. Chris Godwin is getting healthy. You know, Cameron Brate has been in out of the lineup. You know, Leonard Fournette's been out of the lineup. But they are starting to get healthier coming out towards the latter half of this season. And the one thing I will say is they have to win every game. They can, they are they have they are first in the division, but they're five and six, so they need to come out and win. And I think Tom Brady is going to start ramping up a little bit more in this December time frame. He's going to start you know playing a little bit better, getting to that playoff push. But here's the thing: we look at the schedule. They have Cincinnati, Arizona, and Carolina. Those are the three schedules. Now, Mike Evans, I think you know last week he had nine targets, only two catches. Julio is out on the field playing a consistent role now, though, and I think he's out there showing that he can stay healthy a little bit. He's not a bad guy. He's only 18% owned in Yahoo right now, so if you could go scoop him up, stash him on your bench, if you have been kind of struggling at your wide receiver three, that Cincinnati game could be a high-scoring one, especially with the Bengals losing Joby Awuzie. They have been a little bit more susceptible in the receiving game. Uh, I think Cincinnati could put up points. You have Arizona, another fun game where they have a good offense that could put up points against Tampa Bay. And then Carolina, listen, I think at that point in the season, it's probably be close to a must-win game against the Panthers. So I do think the good news is all those games potentially could be in decent weather. Maybe Cincinnati could be a little sketchy, but Arizona's a dome. Then you're playing at home, um, at home against Carolina. So I think that's really good too. So I'm actually going to lean 
Julio Jones is someone that I'm going to, you know, if I need, if I've been struggling at wide receiver three, pick him up and stash him on your bench. Let's jump down to the top five slot playoff matchups. These are basically slot guys. Now, most of the guys we're going to talk about today are wide receivers, but they are sprinkling in some tight ends. The Bears just lost Darnell Mooney, and it looks like Cole Komet really kind of took over as the main slot guy playing the most slot snaps on the team. And the Bears actually have the best rest of uh, playoff slot schedule. Then it's the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett kind of plays inside and out, um, but he does lead the team in slot targets, so I did put him in there as well. Broncos, Jerry Judy has been in and out of the lineup all year, um, but he does have a very strong playoff matchups for the Broncos. And then you have the Jets. I put Garrett Wilson in here, but it looks like because of the reemergence of Elijah Moore, Wilson's playing a little more on the outside. It's kind of a little sticky there. It's hard to tell who really the Jets slot receiver will be for the playoffs, but he does lead the team in slot uh, targets right now. And then the Panthers are kind of a dark horse here. You have LaVisca Chenault, by the way, who's Shai Smith, who's the longtime slot guy, but LaVisca is starting to get more work. He's a very, very good per-touch player. If that guy starts getting more volume, he's a name to monitor. Let's talk quickly about the top five slot schedule. Who do you want to talk about who has the best rest of uh, slots playoff schedule? Yeah, the guy that kind of jumps out at me at that list is uh, Tyler Lockett. Uh, yeah, you mentioned he is in and out. Uh, about 60% of his routes are from the slot. So, you know, if, if you see, uh, you, you have to think that the matchup uh, favors uh, the slot. Uh, he's going to probably be a little bit higher in that for that game, uh, which we, you know, we can benefit from. You know, Tyler Lockett, he he burst out early on, and you know, we thought this was going to be his year, and then he kind of quieted down. And you know, DK Metcalf right now, he's been you know the one getting all the attention there from uh, from the wideouts uh, in the in the recent games. But Tyler Lockett's got has touchdowns in the last four games. Um, if uh, he's not getting a lot of uh, attention for that, but he's he's scoring. In fact, he uh, one of his best games of the year it was almost twenty fantasy points against San Francisco, which just happens to be one of his matchups for the fantasy playoffs. So we gotta love that. Uh, but uh, he he gets an average of five to eight targets per week. Uh, you know he's double digits in in almost every game he's out there. You know again. Uh, San Francisco, Kansas City, they're one of the, you know, couple of the two uh, teams that give up most points, fantasy points per game to slots. And he's got those matchups uh, during the fantasy playoffs. And I think probably the most important thing is the Seahawks are relevant. You know, they're fighting for the playoffs. They're only a game behind the 49ers for, for the division lead. And they're right there in the, in the wild card hunt. You know, they're, they're playing to win. You know, they have, I think they can smell it. And, you know, Seahawks have taken everybody out of surprise, I think, this year in the way they've been playing and to be in the position they are now, you know, and they've got their their weapons and they're going to use them. So, uh, again, I I think uh, people have kind of faded a little bit on Tyler Lockett through the season because he hasn't, you know, made as much noise as he did in the first couple of games. But uh, I think he can be a, a real strong wide receiver, too, for you for your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with the tight end here. I'm going to go with Cole Komet. And so the first, one of the things with Darnell Mooney going out, Justin Fields is coming back this week. Um, a lot of the, the good news is for us is like, if you're already in the playoffs, honestly, I think Cole, and you've been kind of streaming tight ends all year. I think Cole Komet is someone I really would like to scoop up because obviously they have the bye next week. He's only, he's actually rostered in most leagues, actually 75% of leagues. So he's not as widely you know, available, but if you're in a shallower league, maybe you can scoop a Cole Komet. But here, here's why. Because with Darnell Mooney's injury, he actually led the team in routes. 
So it's very, very rare that a tight end will lead the team in routes. Only, I mean, Travis Kelsey, you know, Mark Andrews are the types of guys that do that. And I know the Bears passing attack isn't like those teams, but I do see that the Bears could start using, you know, maybe Cole Komet more like Mark Andrews uses with Lamar Jackson, kind of a lot of similarities in those offenses, the way they use their quarterbacks. Um, but I do like the fact that the middle of the field is going to be open for his playoff schedule. I do like the fact that, you know, because of the injury to Darnell Mooney, potentially, um, you know, I, the good news for this, though, is if let's say the Bear, Justin Fields, we'll see him this week, see him against the Packers. We'll see how healthy he looks. If he comes out of this game healthy, then they have the bye. I doubt they shut him down after that. If he gets banged up in this game and then they, they shut him down for the year, we're going to know before the playoffs start. So that is some good news there. So I, I do want to put Cole Komet on my team. So I want If I'm already in the playoffs and I've been kind of streaming tight ends, I want to stash him. I do like the fact that he's been leading the team in routes, like I said before. But he does basically play like a glorified slot guy. He led the team in slot routes in the first game without Mooney playing for most of the snaps. All right. Let's jump down. Not everything's hunky-dory. Let's talk a little bit about some of the toughest out-wide playoff schedules. That's right. There's going to be tough sledding out there for some guys who might have been uh, mainstays on your roster. Now, just because they have tough out-wide schedules doesn't mean you automatically sit them. It just means that we have to lower expectations for these players. Let's talk about these guys. Now, the first team is actually real easy. It's the Jaguars. We don't even have to – I just put jokes because you can say Zay. You can say Marvin. It's all the outside guys. Christian Kirk plays in the slot. But the keeping up with the Jones, maybe we don't keep up with the Joneses. Maybe Zay Jones is someone who's getting hot, could slow down. We have the Seattle Seahawks. I put DK Metcalf. We just talked about the Seattle Seahawks there. But Metcalf has a really tough out-wide schedule. The Titans, obviously, they look like they're getting a little bit better and healthier. You got Traylon Burks and Robert Woods both getting better, it looks like, over the last few weeks. But they have a really tough playoff schedule. You have the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs are all over the place. You got MVS. You got Juju. You got Kadarius Tony. You know, I know with Miko Hartman now, Juju's played a little bit more in the slot, so maybe he's safe. But by the time the playoffs roll around, maybe Miko Hartman comes back. We don't know. But that's something worth noting there. And finally, the Rams. Oh, the poor Rams. You know, the Super Bowl champ Rams have just fallen apart. You know, no Allen Robinson, no Cooper Cup. Looks like Van Jefferson has really taken on the number one role. But who's going to be the quarterback by the time the playoffs roll around? So Van Jefferson is someone that you have to watch out for if you're going to pick him up because he's leading the team in slots uh, routes. But who are you want to talk about today who has the toughest out-wide playoff schedule? Yeah, I'm going to go to Middle Tennessee and, and talk about uh, Traylon Burks for the Titans. Uh, you know, he had a lot of hype uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, he was, you know, viewed, I think, by a lot of people and probably a lot of the experts that he might be a, uh, you know, league winner for you coming, coming in, the, you know, the middle of the season. He's been out for a while. Uh, big catching ability, I and mean, he's going to be a great receiver. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, I I don't think he's going to be, you know, you're pinning your hopes on a league title with him. I, I think you're going to be disappointed. Uh, you know, the Titans. You know, we know what the Titans' game plan is: is Derrick Henry first down? Is Derrick Henry on second down? You know, Derrick Henry is going to get the rock. He's going to lead that team as far as the Titans are going to go. You know, t- the Tennessee is only passing the ball about 50% of the time anyway. And, you know, they're going to spread that around a little bit. Uh, you know, Burks has been getting about seven targets per game since his return, which is not bad. But, uh, you know, as a comparison, you know, to the NFL average, the, the playoff teams he's facing is, is almost four points per game below the NFL average combined, those, those teams that they're going to be facing during the fantasy playoffs. So uh, it, it is really going to be a tough sled for, uh, for wideouts in Tennessee. Uh, for our fantasy playoffs, and I just don't see Traylon Burks, you know, giving the return that uh, 
you know, a lot of, a lot of people were hoping for, and even some experts probably promised. I don't think he's going to, going to be able to do that, unfortunately. Yeah. I think, I think when we were looking through this, we wish we had a little bit more sexy names for you, right? I mean, obviously DK Metcalf might be the one guy on this list that is widely owned and probably started on a weekly basis consistently. You could say Juju potentially as well. Um, you know, if you're looking at DK schedule, so you have the really tough week 15 matchup. Now, San Francisco 49ers um, are kind of one of those teams where they seem like they're getting healthy at the right time. And their defense is like absolutely legit. And in the, earlier this season, he faced them. He went four for 35. Now, the question is, you got DK who's getting healthy, by the way. I mean, uh, the San Francisco 49ers defense that's healthier he only went four for 35 earlier this season. So it's going to be uh, tough. Then he gets Arizona. You think Arizona is a really good matchups, but you know, last time he faced the Arizona Cardinals, he went two for 34. So now we're starting to see a path here. Like, I don't know if I'm feeling comfortable. We've already seen him face these defense. Then he does have a, a decent matchup against the, um, against the Panthers in week 17. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm losing my mind here. I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, sorry. Here's the schedule. San Francisco, Kansas City is the week 16 matchup, and then the Jets. Sorry. Wow. I don't even know how. I don't even remember clicking the tab. Anyway, so it's San Francisco week 15, Kansas City in week 16, and then 17 is the Jets. Now, the Jets have really two good outside cornerbacks. They've been really tough against outside corners all year long. I mean, outside receivers. Kansas City could be a fun one. I'm not really necessarily concerned about the Chiefs matchup, but if you're looking at weeks 15 and 17, you can really see a, a scenario where he's a wide receiver three probably those weeks. Um, you probably still start in DK. He probably got you to the playoffs, but it's not as if DK has been lighting up the, you know, the, the fantasy landscape. I mean, he has four games over 65 yards on the year. So he's not a high volume, high yardage guy all year long. So maybe he's a wide receiver three for the stretch run there. All right, let's jump down to the toughest playoff slot playoff schedules and let's close out the show. First, we have the Vikings. Um, KJ Osborne, Lions, Khalif Raymond, and maybe even Amon Ross St. Brown to an extent. The Steelers, we talk a little bit. They don't really have a slot receiver, so Pat Firemuth kind of dominates the middle of the field for them. Then you have the Giants, who just lost Sterling Shepard. Then they lost Wondell Robinson. Uh, now they have Richie James, who, by the way, is a nice player who's been decent in PPR, um, but he's someone that has a really tough playoff schedule. And then finally, the Colts with Paris Campbell. Uh, so who do you want to touch on who has a really tough playoff schedule? Yeah, I'm going to, and this one kind of pains me because uh, I really need to count on him. But Pat Fryermuth is is the one that uh, I really hated to see pop up on this list. Uh, you know, when you look at the numbers a little bit in his playoff uh, schedule, the fantasy playoff schedule, you know, they they line up with Carolina, who is the toughest against slots. You know, right off the bat. So if you're playing your first round of playoffs and you're counting on Pat Fryermuth to anchor your tight end slot, you've got the worst matchup could possibly have you know which is gonna really hurt some folks i think uh, you know Fryermuth, you know with with tight ends being such a wasteland you know Fryermuth has been really elevated to if not the top tier certainly the second tier uh, and and rightfully so you know he's got a lot of potential there and you know and he's getting targets but it, when you really look at it he's only had two games where he's had greater than 10 targets and both were against cincinnati Three of them, we had four or less, and all of those were on the road. So he's good against Cincinnati and at home. If he's on the road against strong defenses, uh, against the slot or against tight ends, you know, he's he's really not performing yet, and that's really kind of what we're seeing. You know, for his fantasy uh, points per game, 
gets top half defenses, all of his games have been under 10 points per game. Against the bottom half defenses versus tight end, all have been above points per game. So he's really matchup dependent, a lot more so than I think most people will thought. And his matchup in the playoffs are, are really, really tough with Carolina, uh, Vegas, and, and Baltimore, at Baltimore. So, you know, again, it pains me to say it, uh, uh, Pat Fryermuth is probably going to disappoint some some fantasy owners in the first round of the playoffs in particular. and It's just going to be tough sledding. So if you can go get a cool commit like like uh, Bobby talked about earlier, you know, that might be a, a sneaky good play is to sit Fryermuth and play a cool commit you know, in the, in, uh, in the first round of the playoffs. And that actually might make the difference for you. You know, just look at that, the matchup. So again, it kind of pains me to say it, but uh, you know, Friar Muth is, is probably one that we're not going to be able to count on, you know, to lead our teams to titles this year. Yeah. I, my, I think really on this list too, we get to the slot receivers. There's not a lot of primary There's a very few like number one receivers that see most of their snaps in this. Like I've like the Godwins and Jacoby Myers, Fortunately, those guys are not on either poles of these lists. But when you look at these guys, I think the next guy other than Firemeath is probably Paris Campbell that we should probably – that's probably – because of his strong stretch when Matt Ryan came back, he's someone that maybe people started relying a little bit more on as a wide receiver three. Now, Minnesota, the Chargers, and then the Giants for the Indian uh, – for the Colts in weeks 15, 16, and 17. Now, Minnesota – None of those teams, like on paper, like you would be scared about. But if you start diving into the numbers, they all lean heavy out wide when they give up their fantasy points. The Giants give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to the slot. Minnesota gives up the eighth fewest points to the slot. Then you have the Chargers, who are technically probably the most, the best defense that he's going to face. They give up their middle of the pack. So at least the Chargers game, we could sit here and say maybe both sides will put up some points. Maybe the Chargers are going to put up points. But the Giants. That championship week, the Giants' offense has really kind of started slipping a little bit. Those games get low scoring. Minnesota is a very boomer. I, I don't know what to think of Minnesota either. They play Dallas and they get spanked. And then they come back and they beat the, the Patriots and look really good. So you don't know what you're going to get, but you would hope that game maybe has a little bit more volume to it. They're playing in a dome that week, so that's good news. So maybe there's something there. But Unfortunately, if you've been relying on him as a wide receiver three, the problem is Matt Ryan and that Colts offense has been so inconsistent that you only feel comfortable playing Michael Pittman and not Paris Campbell because it's like, all right, unless I know this is a really good matchup for him, I'm not going to play him with Matt freaking Ryan right now. I'm not going to play Paris Campbell in a bad matchup with how Matt Ryan and that passing offense looks. So unfortunately, I think I'll probably be fading him in that scenario as well. All right, before we close the show, uh, Derek, do you have any final thoughts, anything else you want to discuss really quickly before we close out? Yeah, just uh, want to share with everyone, look for my Target Trends article midweek uh, here on, on Razzball. You know, not only do I just look at who's getting the targets, but, you know, try to really dig a little deeper using the tools that Bobby and I are talking about today and just find out what does it mean? What does it mean moving forward? So, yeah, look for that article midweek uh, each week. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, first off, Joker, we appreciate jumping on the show today. We do love it. But listen, tomorrow we do our Sunday live start show. Me and Derek and our whole team are going to be on this channel for two hours before kickoff. Come join us. We'll answer all your starts and questions. Me and Derek, we got we got Saturday. We got to go out, have some fun, maybe go dancing. Who knows what we got planned today? But I appreciate being on the show today. 
It's been awesome. Before we go, make sure you subscribe to us across the board at Rasball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok for that daily content. Make sure you're jumping over to Rasball.com to check out all the great tools and resources, the slot first wide, all the great articles from our great writers. And of course, make sure you subscribe to the Rasball Fantasy YouTube channel because we do our Sunday live start shit show every single Sunday from 8 a.m. to kickoff until the end of the season PST. Once again, I want to thank my co-host today, Derek, at Derek underscore Favorite on Twitter. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. You can follow me at Bobby Lamarco on Twitter. Thank you again. We are out of here.